You risk life and limb to save the free world, and what do they give you? Jello and a bad 70s TV show. <laughs> no, it's got its perks. Bun's bass ain't that bad. Dad. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Dad? Honey, I want to introduce you to somebody. He's a, uh, he's an old friend. Go on and say hello. Dominic Toretto, right? My dad said he kicked your ass once. Young lady, watch your mouth. Your dad's not heavy pain that I can understand that this history is a little hazy. I doubt it. All right, honey, that's enough. I want you to go get something to eat with Elena. Well, me and Toretto have a talk, you hear me? Come on, lady. Let's get some cool Watch your mouth. Who did this? You remember Owen Shaw? The one we tore half of London down trying to get. Well, this is his big bad brother. Take a look at this. years, Universal Pictures has painstakingly crafted an adrenaline-fueled world of fast cars, half-naked women, and fantastical stunts. Well, either that or someone lost a bet. What happens when this money-printing megalith loses one of its stars mid-filming? Eh, just CGI his face and keep on exploding stuff. The result is another entry in the increasingly vacuous franchise that keeps Vin Diesel and his drinking buddies employed, against all better judgment. This is Furious 7. And you're listening to the Anti-Monitor Podcast from DoomRocket.com. Listening to Anti Monitor from DoomRocket.com. Do it, I'm surrounded by assholes. I'm not even gonna dignify myself with a response to that. According to my Timex, it's Anti Monitor time again. I'm your host, Matt Birdman Fleming, and with me as always is Jared Jones, editor in chief of DoomRocket.com and our own adrenaline junkie. You wish. Uh, you are the dictionary opposite. Of extreme. I'm an adrenaline flunky. Adrenaline flunky. No. Oh, uh, you know, we just don't have enough time in our lives to watch every single Fast and Furious movie. And thank fuck for that. Yeah. But with F8 of the Furious <laughs> opening in theaters. Uh, <laughs> Is that run- what they were going for? Yeah. It's Fate of the Furious, but it's F8. Oh, uh, with an F in front of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that movie right around the corner. 
we decided to take one for the team mm -hmm. and sit through the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes entry in this franchise, Furious 7. This time it ain't just about being fast. This film gave me indigestion. Like, my stomach currently hurts because I was really thinking about this movie when we were watching about. Like, I was trying to connect the narrative dots. I didn't realize a movie like this could have so much story in it and have nothing at all go on at the same time. I was stunned. I was flabbergasted. I was beside myself. I drank a whole half pot of coffee when I watched this thing, and now I, I feel like my heart's about to explode. I think that's actually the right physical feeling you should have after watching one of these movies. Yep. You're right, though. This movie is a lot of set pieces, mm -hmm. a lot of really bad, really quick cuts, Yeah, and they take three plots and smush them together, and it just doesn't work. Nothing sticks in this movie. I, I don't remember a fucking thing that wasn't utterly ridiculous that happened in this movie. Like, you know, the interesting stuff, the character stuff, because that stuff doesn't exist in these movies. And yet, we have eight of these things coming soon, and I know nothing about these characters. I know I've seen at least three of them. Oh, wow. I couldn't tell you which of them I saw, except for the one we just saw, by virtue of just having seen it. Mm -hmm. How many of these have you seen, Bird? I've seen two. I've You've seen, seen two. the first one, mm -hmm. and now what was the last one? So you have nothing in between. A whole ocean of story took place without your knowledge, and yet you survived watching it without any narrative dissonance. No, you know, I spent a lot of time reading through the plot lines of each movie mm -hmm. on Wikipedia. Oh. I figured one thing out. After the third movie, they realized that they were going to be able to keep making these. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to just preface this by saying that I'm going to be exceptionally mean about this movie. So if you have any heart whatsoever for Dominic Toretto or whoever the fuck Paul Walker is supposed to be, then I highly suggest you just switch us off because this is going to hurt. Nothing sadder than locking a beast in a cage. This hurt us. And now we have to unleash the hurt. I think that we should reiterate for people that aren't familiar with the whole concept behind Anti-Monitor. But what we try to do is make sense out of the senseless in cinema, which means when we watch a movie that is bad, we try to evaluate why it's bad. And if we can't come up with an answer beyond they didn't care, the people who made this movie literally didn't care, aside from making a profit, then we have complete license to rip it apart, which is what we're going to do this week. Absolutely, because there's very little that either of us could do to justify the existence of this entire franchise. It's baffling to me. It, it doesn't baffle me because I've seen the numbers. Again, I'm going to try really hard not to be mean about things and just try <laughs> to focus it towards the movie. Let's just, uh, just dive right stick into our foot right there. All right. Well, to begin, I'm very upset. That's that's what that's how we're starting on this. Yeah, it's time for us to purge. Yeah, let's let's break down Furious Seven. I say an open road helps you think. Where you been? Where are you going? So we began our film, such as it is, at London, England, because Jason Statham is English, and why not? Statham is talking to his little brother, who was played by Luke Evans in the prior film. Yep. He tells his comatose brother to be well, and walks out of the hospital where it's revealed that, surprise, Jason Statham has already beat up the entire goddamn hospital. So did they know Jason Statham was coming to talk to his brother, and they descended upon a hospital populated with a bunch of people, or did they send Luke Evans to a hospital out in the boonies with nobody in it except for a committed team to keep him alive because he's like a state's witness or something? We don't know. These are not questions the film asks. It's just like, no, Jason Statham's in a hospital, 
and he killed everyone in the hospital, talked to his brother who was in a fucking coma, and told him, I'm gonna get revenge for you, mate. So uh, I guess that's just to establish that he's some kind of badass. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Jason Statham was in any of the other Furious movies, except for maybe a faceless potential cameo at the end of Fast and Furious 6. Yes. Okay. That's where he utters the line, You don't know me, but you're about to. Yeah, something like that. Wow. So with no context whatsoever, we meet Jason Statham in this sequence that makes no fucking sense. Yes, it's called building narrative continuity. I guess. For those of you who can't actually see what's going on, Jared almost had a seizure there. So we cut to desert, exterior, open road, fast car. That's right. That's exactly how (laughs) I describe it. That's the script. This is how the script works out. We listen to a hip hop. And uh, there's Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel, who is visibly baked. And they talk about family, which is all these fucking movies ever talk about. And Dominic Torello, who is Vin Diesel, uh, is taking his sister, I guess. No, it's it's his. It is technically his wife who uh, was presumed dead after the fourth movie, Mm -hmm. who then came back in the sixth movie. Surprise, I'm alive, but I I don't have a memory. Right. And she doesn't have memory still in this movie. But they're friends. Uh, yeah. She knows enough that, like, she's going to hang out with him, but she doesn't remember that she loves him. And but they she... were enemies in the last movie until they weren't. Until something. So I, I'm presuming, because, again, I haven't seen that film, but Vin Diesel did something along the lines of, you know, putting balloons in his hands and going, things are going to get better. The sun's going to shine again. Uh, yeah, he's really bad. So anyway, he drives Michelle Rodriguez to this place out in the desert called The Race Wars, which I guess is an actual recurring thing in the film series, or at least in the first film. Because I've seen the first film, <laughs> and I know that they had race wars in there because that's unfortunate, and it's not something you easily forget. Well, we I, invented the race wars. Yeah. Because don't forget, this franchise started as a movie about illegal street racing. Yeah. Mission Impossible with cars on, and like, Red Bull. Yeah. So this is where we start to recognize the imagery of this series, where they pull into race wars, which, again, is not (laughs) clever at all, despite what anyone tells you. And it's populated with big asses that are also wet. Yeah. Bikini models are everywhere, and everyone's pretty stoked about the bikini models, which they're washing these cars Yeah, that are fast. I don't... you got to explain this to me. Maybe it's because I'm a, a nerd or something, but I don't see the connection. I've seen Hot Rod magazines that have, like, purportedly gorgeous women all dolled up and thrown up against a car. Mm-hmm. For no, I don't see the connection between one and the other. So when uh, people jerk off to these things, <laughs> what are they jerking off to? The woman, the car... Or the woman on the car. Are they fetishizing cars? And if so, the, my next question would be, would they fuck a car? Okay, so what you're talking about, first of all, Jared, when's the last time you put on a tank top? Never. Okay, so you put on a tank top, right? You mm-hmm. do some reps, you do some curls. Sure. And then this is what gives you a boner after that. Buxom babes getting wet. Okay. Cars doing spins and shit. But what if you're gay? And monster energy drinks getting you jacked. But what if you're gay, though? What is there for people who are gay who also appreciate fast cars? Well, there's also... Because it can't be Vin Diesel. All these guys are idiots, morons, and dressed garishly, and they act like assholes. And then over here, you have these entities that we refer to as women dressed in practically nothing. So sexually, I don't understand the connect. I'm still not getting it. 
it's it's not for you to quote unquote get. <laughs> I see. Because because these people already got it, and that's what they're doing. They're but, getting but, it. Oh, they're getting it. That's what they would be saying. They're doing. They're like, "What are you gonna do this weekend?" Yeah, man. I, I just think I'm gonna go to race wars and you know just get it in. And that means like they're gonna hit on hot chicks. They're gonna slam some monster. They're gonna do some lines. But what do they, the women, hope to gain from being in these really aggressive, borderline dangerous scenarios around these guys that are criminals who specialize in drag racing and probably have drugs? All over the place. So it takes just one DEA raid for murder just to happen, and these women die. Maybe they just really like drugs. Oh, or driving. Or <laughs> but they're never in car. Never mind. Okay, that's a heavy digression. You you currently have thought more about this movie than anybody involved with. But making not just the, movie. the film; the whole culture of mm-hmm. it. Like I don't understand it. It's yeah. just like that's just yeah, that's just what it is. It is what it is, which is the biggest cop out you could ever say about anything ever. But anyway, I digress. Let's carry on. Yeah. So, so Michelle Rodriguez races some dude, and that's all that happens. But then Iggy Azalea shows up for a 10-second cameo, which then precipitates Michelle Rodriguez having a panic attack and then driving off in her car. But not before she punches some dude in the face. Erased memories are starting to flood back, mm-hmm. and, and she just punches a dude. Yeah, it's a movie. So we cut to Detective Paul Walker, RIP, who gets a feel for his family vehicle because family is such an important thing in this movie, and now he has to drive his family around and that's the closest he's ever going to get to really uh kissing some asphalt i guess as they would say because he enjoyed the bullets and that i guess that matters in the film it's like this flimsy little arc that he has that he's he's escaped the life to be with jordana brewster which is dominic toretto's sister in this movie and they already have a kid named jack he was supposed to live happily ever after with her uh with her his brother-in-law being a criminal that he has let go countless times but now that he's no longer in the fbi who gives a shit right Right. Well, so in between, <laughs> that's the stuff that happened in the movies that we missed. I see. Is Paul Walker became a criminal, and then then they all did criminal things, and then their records got expunged by The Rock, and now they're all trying to get back to normalcy. But what's the normalcy though? Are they still? Are they? Do they go back to being criminals? No, they just want to race cars. And but that's illegal. Eh, it's not that illegal. But they're not joining the fucking NASCAR circuit. They're yeah. Not, they're not at the Indy Five Hundred. They're not doing legal street racing. I mean, if there ever was such a thing, doesn't Red Bull sponsor legal street racing? Monster. Oh, monster. So why aren't they getting like endorsements of the union? They could be making fabulous amounts of money being celebrity car racers instead of doing whatever the fuck it is they're supposed to be doing in these movies. Drinking Coronas. Drinking Coronas. So anyway, uh, the Paul scene sequence lasts for about 20 seconds or not as long as we actually uh, took to discuss it. Uh, because we have to cut to a damn graveyard where Michelle Rodriguez goes to her own damn grave, and they have a kind of heart-to-heart with uh, Dominic Toretto, who has a sledgehammer over his shoulder the entire time ready to smash the tombstone, which I always thought was funny because he never actually did it. And it's really hard to read the nature of the relationship. I honestly thought they were brother and sister when this movie started. I really, really did. So when they're just like looking at each other, and he's looking like he's about to jump on her, I was like, maybe it's like a Cersei Jamie thing. <laughs> Who am I to judge? This is fiction. This could be really interesting, but it turned out not to be the case. Not at all. So we cut to something called the DSS in LA where The Rock is sweaty because The Rock is always sweaty. He says something misogynistic because he's The Rock and he, he can get away with pretty much anything. He's in a show called Ballers and people still give him work. So, you know, 
He gets away with a lot. Yeah, he does. Well, he's the rock. Yeah. He talks to a uh, person named Liana, which I presume she was in another movie. It doesn't matter because, like, he sends her out of the building, and when he comes back in, dun-dun-dun, here's Jason Statham, who's come from England all the way to Los Angeles, which is a hell of a flight no matter which, which direction you're coming from, but people bop all over the planet instantaneously in this movie. It's like the last season of Game of Thrones. Everyone's just, like, from here to there and everywhere, and we don't bother wondering about the specifics of it. So Jason Statham and The Rock have their first fight. Which, I want to have a quick segue here. Bird, you're a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Absolutely. I presume that you moderately tolerate Jason Statham. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Could Jason Statham beat The Rock in an actual fight? Hell no. Hell no. Why? Because Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the size of three Jason Stathams. (laughs) I I have sat next to you... In a movie theater Mm -hmm. that we paid money to see a movie and saw Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Hercules throw a horse at a dude. Yeah, but that wasn't real. That's what you think. (laughs) I see. You see how jacked he is? (laughs) Yes, he's very jacked. At one point during their fight, I'm just freaking out because it's like, oh, yeah, get him with the moves and moves. Yeah, you're calling them out. And then all of a sudden, Dwayne The Rock Johnson picks up Jason Statham and delivers The Rock Bottom, his signature move in fake sports and <laughs> and drives him through a glass coffee table which he gets up from like it was nothing because i'll tell you what jason statham if that move had been performed on stone cold steve austin <laughs> which it has in the past he got pinned for three yeah pinned for three yeah yeah jason- but jason statham bounced right back up that's right he's like oh, that ain't right. i ain't heard it all mate no he's he's ruining fake sport logic yeah well it's not all it's going to be ruining by the end. That's true. So, Most logic. Right. So the rock gets hurt. Jason Statham escapes. And we get a subtle visual cue that Jason Statham's the reason uh, why we're going to Tokyo next. Because Tokyo Drift all of a sudden enters this actual movie. Like, we're watching one movie. And then scenes from a movie that came out eight years ago come in. And it's got that really weird guy from Alabama, I guess, with the really fake Alabama accent. Yep. And then... Lil Bow Wow. Yeah. And Lil Bow Wow... Who you never see again in the movie, by the way, because no one wants to draw too much attention to how old Bow Wow actually is now. Mm -hmm. But they do not give a shit about the Alabama guy because they show him in the next scene talking to Dominic Toretto. And this guy has magically aged eight years from the one sequence to the next. And in Tokyo Drift, his character was 17. So you had a guy guy who looked old playing someone Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be young. And now it's like, we're to presume... He's 18. It's just so much to ask for. And we actually jumped ahead because I was so anxious to talk about that one stupid bit. Because from that sequence, we cut to an, a box with Japanese writing on it. This really <laughs> flimsy looking box that came from, I'm guessing, the post office. And it's sitting on Dominic Toretto's porch where Jordana Brewster is walking around with a baby. And he comes out and goes, oh, it's nice to be with my family. And she goes, hey, there's a box. And he goes, uh, uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You are a career criminal and there is an errant box on your porch, my friend. And let me quote Jared Jones during the movie. That is visibly a bomb. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, the only thing that would have made it more obviously a bomb is if it was round. Yeah. It's a TNT <laughs> and, on and it. a fuse that was literally lit and going... Exactly. That's the only thing that's more obviously a bomb oh than that box. God. Oh, this is what we're this is the intellects we are dealing with here. Because oh, there's a box. Don't worry about it. Let's just carry on this scene where we're talking about nothing and the baby's safe in the car now. So the bomb goes off. 
it's in this tiny box on a porch, and yet it blows off the entire top of the house <laughs> and nothing else. Well, the other correspondent. It slams people around. It slams people around, but the house next to it is totally fine. It's got mm-hmm. a little schmutz on it. The best schmutz CGI I can pay for, I guess. And the house next to it has even less schmutz on it. The car parked in front of the house is untouched, but the car Paul Walker's got the baby in has Paul Walker's face smashed into it, but pretty boy Paul Walker walks away unscathed. Not a single scratch on that face. Mm-hmm. Tom, you have a package out here in Tokyo. Tokyo. What's Han trying to convert me over to a turbocharger? <laughs> so Dom then jumps over to the rock. He was in the hospital. He's got a busted arm and a busted leg. I guess they're putting him in the hospital because the rock virtually has 40 projects going at any single time. So he can't commit to a full shooting schedule for Fast Furious movies. Yeah, this was uh, while he was shooting Hercules. Hmm. Huh. They just needed to get him in for like a little bit. Yeah, he, you know, he didn't really care. He's like, give me the money and I'll just show him. up. Well, they get some mileage out of it at least. They like introduce that he has a daughter who's you know sassy, <laughs> and uh, she tells Vin Diesel that hey, my dad kicked your ass. Which you could tell that Vin Diesel, like the person Vin Diesel, was like the wheels were turning and they were ad libbing the sequence. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, well, your dad's on pain meds right now so yeah. like obviously he's misremembering the events <laughs> oh, uh, that I, he told you i kicked his ass i'll kick your ass kid could you explain to me the animosity between vin, uh, vin diesel and the rock because it doesn't seem like the rock has very much fun in these movies no the rock is here the rock is one of the biggest reasons why we have furious six seven and eight mm. because the rock is legitimately one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And the veneer of the Fast and the Furious shit has worn thin through the years. Yes. But then all of a sudden, you inject it with some Johnson? <laughs> all of a sudden, this series is rock hard again. So let me guess. Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. in all his hubris, thinks that this franchise has endured because of his star power. He basically, this is his version of Ocean's Eleven. But instead of like... You know, a charming ensemble cast. It's a bunch of people who just like to hang out and, again, drink Coronas and drive cars. Yeah. As evinced by the unfortunate accident that took Paul Walker's life, life imitating, quotey fingers, art. Yeah. These guys just like to drive around. and So So then I guess that's The Rock showing up ready to work and Vin Diesel showing up ready to party because it's time to party on the studio's dime? Is that what's going on? Either that or just, like, his ego being poked by the fact that you've got a dude who is literally and figuratively bigger than Vin Diesel has ever been or will ever be, (laughs) both in in terms of star power and just physicality. Yeah. And so Vin Diesel, I'm pretty sure, is a a producer on these movies and begrudgingly is like, yo, kid, Dwayne. But really, Dwayne's like, I don't know, just come here and make my million dollars real quick. Walk away. And go do something else and make a million dollars. Gossip website TMZ wrote that The Rock and Vin have been butting heads on set. And it got so bad they had a meeting Tuesday to try and work things out. The world might never know what really happened, but one thing's for sure, you don't want to get caught between The Rock and a hard place. Anyway, Dom and The Rock have like this quick back and forth about uh, Jason Statham, just to reiterate how much of a badass he is, because we've still not really met him yet. We saw him in a sequence 
that I guess all the interesting parts had taken place off screen, mm-hmm. the uh, aforementioned hospital sequence. So The Rock's like, this guy's a really bad dude, and now he's, uh, you, you heard his brother in the last movie, and because Luke Evans and Jason Statham are both English, we're to believe that they are brothers, and now this brother is out to get you, and... Your family. Yeah. Now he's, you can. He's fuck gonna with, come kill the shit out of you. Right. Guys. You can. You can fuck with Vin Diesel all you want, but the second you fuck with his family, that's when you got your movie. Almost killed my family. Hosting his family in the Dominican Republic at his vacation. We need to stop him before he does any more damage to our family. Never should have messed with a man's family. More importantly, you and your family don't go to any more funerals. Han was my family too. But what's real? It's family, your family. I don't have friends. I got family. That's it. And finally, we shift into, I guess, first gear. <laughs> if you'll pardon or indulge the pun. I'll indulge every single car pun that you've got up your shaft. So who's Vin Diesel supposed to be at this point? Is he still a career criminal? Is he officially a secret agent man for the DSS? What's going on? Officially, I think he's just retired a dude he's just a dude who likes to hang out picks up jobs every now and again i don't even know maybe he just works on cars they have a stash of money like that's just established that they have gotten paid over the years doing heists and stuff yeah 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 because they're criminals and dwayne johnson has let them keep their money yeah because he's helped him out and saved his life and shit. You know, there's a lot of forgiving that goes on in these movies with all the crime, the blatant crime, and mm-hmm. then like the government shows up and goes, "Well, you're so good at what you do, we could use you against somebody who's exceptionally bad." And then every single one of you, all eight of you and your team, get to walk away scot free. Right, as long as they don't die in the process. They don't though. Barely right. anybody dies in this franchise. It's like a fucking Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the Dominican Republic uh, where Dom and Paul Rocker send Jordana Brewster and Paul Rocker's kid to hide out. She seems to be taking it really well. I mean, it's really nice over there. And she, also, she's a terrible actress. Uh, she has a dumb how you doing, babe, conversation with Paul Walker, who decides to join up with Dom in Japan. And that's when the Tokyo Drift sequence takes place. And it's perfectly okay for me to misapply it into this narrative reading because there was no reason to apply that narrative into this movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They basically just used it so that the actor who played Han didn't have to be in this movie. Uh, we killed him. We need some kind of consequences, but we can't kill anyone else. So we killed Han. Off screen. Yep. All right. So there's a funeral for Han, and I'm disappointed to find out that Gal Gadot is dead because I haven't seen any of these other movies with her in it, and I don't know if Gal Gadot can act yet, and Wonder Woman is happening very, very soon, and I'm getting nervous. Uh, but Don shows up with Ludacris and Tyrese, because, hey, there they are, and Paul Walker. And by the way, was Tyrese a clown in Too Fast, Too Furious? Was he like a joker? I think he's always been the comic relief. Because Tyrese was supposed to... F- Fill the Vin Diesel-shaped hole left behind by Vin Diesel, who did not want to be in Too Fast, Too Furious. So I think so. Because there's always like this, like, well, I'm an alpha, too. And they actually address this in the movies. Like, well, what about me? And it's like, what the fuck about you? We got Vin Diesel now. We don't need you. And to be honest, Tyrese does behave like a punk a lot of the time. He does. Not very funny. No. You done? No, I'm not done. So, yeah, there's Ludacris and Tyrese and Paul Walker all standing in a row. And they're all probably very happy that these movies are successful because they're going to continue to work for at least five or six more years. But we see somebody spying on the funeral in a souped-up car, so Dom hops in his souped-up car, which he was hiding behind a tombstone, I guess. He just pops out of nowhere, and they have a car chase. And this car, inside of it, is Shocker. Guess who? Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Uh, Find a nice secluded tunnel, you know, by the funeral. (laughs) 
yep. and decide to have a game of chicken, except neither of them know how to play the game of chicken because they're fucking idiots, and they crash right into each other. Like, oh, my God. And they walk out like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. This is the dumbest scene I've ever seen. Vroom, 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 vroom. You think someone's going to fake the other out and be really clever with it and then, like, have him skid out and get the one up? Like, Jason Statham could assert his dominance over Dom in this moment, but instead they crash right into each other like the blunt objects they are. Uh-uh. And then... They get into a like a showdown. Jason Statham has the drop on him with a gun, and then out of nowhere, the army shows up oh, with Kurt Russell of all people. Kurt fucking Russell. He's so deep black ops <laughs> that his character's name is literally Mister Mr. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, The Rock sent Kurt Russell in. He has impeccable timing, and yet somehow really bad at catching Jason Statham because as they descend upon this fight between Dom and Jason Statham, Jason Statham he, <laughs> he shakes him loose. And we don't really see it happen. He just kind of runs away on foot, and they don't explain why he walks away. They, he just does. I know why. Because they keep calling him a shadow. They're like, it's a shadow war against guys like me and guys like him. Kurt Russell needed to use Jason Statham and his revenge hunt and the fact that Dom and his team wanted to go get him. Mm. they had, the, He let him get away as an excuse for the entire second act of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, and that brings us to this point. Dom follows Mr. Nobody back to a secret lair. They have a shitty Corona commercial out of nowhere, which was evocative of the Bud Light commercial we got in Transformers Age of Extinction. Mm-hmm. It could have been any of them, really. And um, Kurt Russell squeezes in a whole other movie's worth of plot into this revenge movie. I thought we were dealing with a revenge movie, but now we're also dealing with a heist movie. Yep, this is now a Mission Impossible. Shaw lives in a world that doesn't play by your rules. Like it or not, you live in that world now, too. You want to know how to kill a shadow? You just shine a little light on it. If you get the God's eye for me, I've already got authorization for you to use it until you get Shaw. You go from the hunted to the hunter, and there's no place on Earth Shaw can hide from you. More importantly, you and your family don't go to any more funerals. You get Ramsey, you get the God's eye, you get Shaw. Well, that's the wind-up and the pitch. Now that I've given you this incredibly sensitive and highly classified information, what do you think, Toretto? I think you already know what I'm gonna tell. Good. But it'll be my way and my crew. Mushed into the revenge movie that this film started off with. We're about 30 to 40 minutes into this thing by now, Mm -hmm. and we now have to shift into our downshift, if you'll indulge that little pun there. I will. Into another movie. Kurt Russell squeezes in uh, this little plot about a hacker who has this piece of technology called the God's Eye, the ultimate MacGuffin, because now this whole movie hinges on finding this thing, which will allow Dom to find Jason Statham wherever he is in the world, and vice versa, because right now, Jason Statham, we find out later, is in possession of the God's Eye and the hacker that created it, named Ramsey. More on that in a minute. So Dom agrees to uh, go and pick up the God's Eye. He's like, well, I'm going to do it with my family. And Kurt Russell's like, oh, of course you fucking are, because I've seen the other movies. Here's your asshole family. And sure enough, on cue, they all pull in, including Michelle Rodriguez, who still isn't quite sure why she's hanging out with all these people. But she knows she's really good at driving fast. Yep. Tyrese sums up the entire plot and then bitches about it for the rest of the movie, because I guess that's his thing. They all decide to push a bunch of cars out of a fucking plane, because this movie has the biggest budget it's ever had. Ludacris and Tyrese talk some shit because I guess that's their thing. And when they fall out of the plane, it's fine. 
it, you know, because then not only are we jettisoning logic from the film, but also physics mm-hmm. and every sense of reason this franchise ever had. I was just sitting there laughing because it was so funny that they thought that they could just drive some cars out of a plane, let them free fall for a little while, mm-hmm. and then just pop a magic parachute. And land safely. And not just land safely, but land and immediately they're in drive. So let's evaluate this for a second because the reason why they fall out of the sky is because they're supposed to intercept this caravan that has the God's Eye and Ramsey in it. But they're on a road on a mountain and they can't enter in from this area because they'll be expecting that. Why would they be expecting that? Why would they have any reason to expect Mr. Nobody and his clandestine team of black ops mercenaries and Dominic Toretto, of all people, why would he anticipate this? Why would Jason why would, Statham no, care? It's, it's not Jason Statham at this point. It's Jimon. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Hunsu. So, so they decide, because uh, Tyrese wants to exert his authority. He's like, no, 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 real drop right here. And they're like, there's no way to get there. That's the top of the mountain. And he goes, oh. And then Paul Walker's like, oh, I know where you're going with this. And then the next scene, they're in a plane falling out of it. Yep. And that's it. That No training. Mm-mm. No sussing out the physics of it whatsoever. They're just like, uh-uh. we're going to back out of this car, and then we're going to somehow orient the car so it's facing nose down, mm-hmm. and then we're going to deploy our parachute, which, by the way, is fitted with a GPS thing that will propel the car, regardless of wind and turbulence, onto the road safely, which then they will eject the parachute, drop it into fifth, and then zoom off towards this caravan. You forgot to mention that the GPS is being controlled by Ludacris, the guy who sang, how low can you go? Right. And the answer is, Furious 7 is as low as he can go. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's get to work. Hey, Roman, you freaking out? No. Yes, you are. <laughs> Somebody just walk me through what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah, here we go. Game time. Roman, you praying, aren't you? $50 says he's praying right now. I get... You need some fresh air? Because you're about to get a whole lot of it. Okay, here we go. Because this is a movie for babies, everyone gets away with this whole sequence without a scratch on them, and they make it a point to say, let's do this at least five or six more times to get us all revved up. <laughs> uh, they drive towards the God's Eye Caravan. They're also in the Middle East now, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that part. Azerbaijan. Yes. And a bunch of nobodies are protecting it with a heavy ordinance, which means ridiculous car chase, Damiel's formation, and they all they know to get into single file, even though they literally made no plans to do this. I assume they do it off camera as they flew all the way from Los Angeles to the Mideast. Um, there, was, there was like a day, maybe. A day. There was maybe a day maybe where they had... Maybe two. Maybe. Maybe two. I don't know. That's a long flight. No, I'm saying before the flight, they had a day in Kurt Russell's garage to plan it all out. <laughs> and get their cars all fitted and ready to rock and yep, roll. Exactly. Yeah, One day. Like, oh, by the way, uh, Dom, I have a garage of hot rods in my military installation, and we can fit it and trick it out any way you need. Just let us know. Also, we'll be able to do this later in the film when we take you to the United Arab Emirates. So just, uh, you know. Hit me, HMU. Yeah. Fam. So Paul Walker saves, of all people, Miss Sandy from Game of Thrones, who was named Ramsey because 
the writers saw Game of Thrones, presumably, and thought it would be cute? Well, they just wanted to make you think that it was not going to be a beautiful woman. Right. So when they... obviously it's going to be a beautiful woman. So yeah, here we got Miss Sandy now, who I guess is the hacker because uh, she has a Englishy kind of accent, which in this movie means that you're smart. Mm-hmm. It's either that or she had to wear glasses. Yeah, they weren't going to put glasses on her. And if she had the accent and the glasses, she would be president. Mm-hmm. The God's Eye is not on her, but she's there. And Paul Walker throws her on the hood of Dom's car. And here comes, guess who? Ong Bak. Tony Ja. But also... Oh, oh yeah, here comes Jason, Jason Statham, Statham. Because he's got to always be there. He's always got to be there. We do find out that he did have the God's Eye, and that's why he knew where Dom was going. But then he doesn't. No, he doesn't have he, the God's he, Eye. He, he doesn't have the God's Eye at all. That's the only conceivable way he could get the drop on Dom every single time in this movie, which happens four separate times. And at no time, with the exception of the last sequence of this film, does he have the God's Eye. So what are we supposed to believe about Jason Statham? He's uh... the Joker, pretty much, from The Dark Knight, where he just pops up wherever the plot needs him to be, causes a lot of chaos, and then disappears without a moment's notice. I seriously believe that's what they were going for. Maybe uh, during that first fight with Vin Diesel, he planted a tracking device up his butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> when he wasn't, uh, you're not going to catch that one there, mate. Hey, uh, you don't know it, but I just slipped a GPS butt plug in your anus. <laughs> now, come catch me. Yeah. <laughs> so Dom and Miss Sandy get trapped by Jaiman Hanso of all people. Yeah. Uh, Paul Walker has a pretty glorious fist fight with uh, Ang Bak. Tony Ja. That's right. Dom kicks up a bunch of dust with his car, which does nothing but reorients the uh, hood, uh, hood of the car towards the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And at which point he then drives him and Miss Sandy off a fucking cliff and they roll they the careen. entire way down. They careen down this thing. Which is why... That car was fitted with roll bars mm-hmm. so that he they would could... be perfectly okay when they were at the bottom of this fucking jagged rocky cliff. Yep. Perfectly fine. Because that's what he planned. I might need to roll the car down the mountain. In literally every other movie, when a car rolls down a cliff, it explodes. Now, that probably doesn't actually happen in life. So in this film, it's kind of realistic in that sense. <laughs> but they lived. And not only that, though, but Jason Statham had a sniper rifle fixed on the car. A sniper rifle that looked pretty formidable. So you mean he didn't just, like, slide down his, like, uh, vantage point? He's working with Jaiman Hanso. He's working with him. He wanted to give give him a chance to do that. Shoot him on my mark. Yeah. One, two, two and a half. Two and three quarters, oh, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Because oh, he could have gone no. down there and gone to the edge of the cliff and used the gun to pick them both off, but he does not do this. Instead, he disappears yet again. Because movie. They survive, they regroup with the family, and that's your sequence. Now, it's game time. We're taking a break. Are you ready for the game this week, Birdie? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. So this game is called How Toretto Is You. (laughs) And uh, this is where I give you a one-sentence event that occurs to Dominic Toretto in a Fast and Furious movie, and you have to tell me which film it belongs to. Okay. Are you ready for this? (sighs) Yeah. All right. Number one. Dom crashes into a semi. I'm going to guess that that would come from... The fourth entry in the series of The Fast and Furious. No, it's The Fast and the Furious. That's part one. Oh, that's in the first one. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Number two, Dom finally goes to fucking jail, but Brian, Paul Walker, breaks him out. Okay, that one is... 
the second movie, Too Fast, Too Furious. No. Vin Diesel wasn't even in Too oh, Fast, Too Furious. It, so, was, it, was it was number four. four. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Number three, Dom gets to walk a free man after putting Luke Evans in a fucking coma. That's Fast Six. That's right. Very good. Number four, Dom and The Rock have a fist fight for the very first time. That would be Fast Five. That's right. Number five, Dom literally travels through time. That would be Tokyo Drift. Very good. Number six, Dom disappears. Oh, that's so. Uh, that's too fast, too okay, furious. This is getting too obvious. This is getting easier now. All right, number seven, Dom drives through so much shit so as to be considered ridiculous. Drives through so much shit? Not literally shit, but, you know, stuff. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a lot of these movies. Uh, because in the one that we watched tonight, he drove a car through three buildings. Uh, I'll go Fast 6. It's Fast 7. It's the movie you it just the watched. We just yeah, of watched. course. Of course. All right. Well, you did pretty okay. You got about half, right? That's that's pretty good, having not have a mm-hmm. brain aneurysm. Well, the thing is, is that I purposely made them as vague as I possibly could, just to illustrate how interchangeable all these movies are, and there's actually no narrative importance to it. That's absolutely correct. Anyway, I don't know if I proved my point, but I feel better about it. I do too. Ready to hop back into this thing? Let's go to Abu Dhabi. All right. So Tyrese makes some shitty remarks about Miss Sandy's body at Abu Dhabi because she, for some reason, mailed the God's Eye in the mail to Abu Dhabi to her friend. Yep, who is a complete jackass and just decides to sell it to someone yeah but not even he's not selling the god's eye he sold like it's just a speed drive mm-hmm. for i make your car go faster so yeah dude sells it to this rich prince in abu dhabi who has this fucking gorgeous penthouse and like those tall three buildings mm-hmm. in abu dhabi and i guess he put the god's eye or whatever's supposed to pass for the god's eye into his three million dollar sports car yep and now they have to get into this this building, get into the garage area where the car is. Oh, it's not even in, in a it's garage. It's up in the penthouse <laughs> with everyone else. And they have to somehow extract the God's Eye without anyone noticing. No, of course, because they're all exceptionally bad at their job. This is not how it goes down. Mm-mm. We see the Arab prince who never really gets a speaking line. But we do see his bodyguard, which is Ronda Rousey, for no reason whatsoever other than to signify that we're about to see a fight. Yeah. And it's a fight, because you're not going to let a woman fight Finn Diesel. No. You're going to have a woman fight a woman, because this is the fucking Fast and the Furious movies, and we want to see two women who are substantially awesome in their own right fight against each other in cute little dresses. Yeah, who doesn't want to see that? Also, we get to see, <laughs> also we get to see T-Pain, DJ, who? Uh, T-Pain, what's Tallahassee T- Pain. What, what's that? He is a famous person in hip-hop that you would should know we'd see t-pain see what he does on his weekends when mm-hmm. he's not like hanging out in miami with pitbull <laughs> he fucks off to abu dhabi at dj's parties where women are painted presumably gold. now now we don't know for sure that they were in abu dhabi when they shot these party sequences they could have done it in la it's pretty easy to pull that off that's true these are all interiors paul walker and vin diesel and his crew of people get all dolled up to infiltrate this party because it's a Mission Impossible movie all of a sudden. Yeah, we get one of those quick mm-hmm. little... Yeah. The shots to establish the space is like a music video mm-hmm. or or MTV Cribs 
or a really shitty combination of the two. Now, James Wan, this is the dude who's in charge of the Aquaman franchise. Oh. Yeah. That is not good. And Zack Snyder literally wants to make it, I kid you not, the Khaleesi of the sea with uh, Amber Heard as Mera, and of course, Cal fucking Drogo as Aquaman himself. So, Well, I think that the Aquaman movies are going to end up just being the wet and the exceptionally upset. Oh my god. In the Justice League trailer, you see Amber Heard as Mira for the first time, and it's just cleavage everywhere. It's such a fucking misery. Well, are you getting me titties sell tickets? I guess. I guess. No, they do. Because uh, we're on a... Downward spiral. And have been for eons, and it's a just... great Nine Inch Nails album. Oh, yeah. All right. So Tyrese is supposed to distract everyone, so Paul Walker and Vin Diesel can go upstairs and like break into the car and get this thing out. And he, and he does this by insisting that someone has a birthday that actually doesn't. He takes the microphone from T-Pain. He goes, this girl's got a birthday. She's like, no, I don't. He's like, yeah, happy birthday. And he sings the song, and no one's buying it. That's because he's not funny. All right, Roman. Do whatever it is you do. Excuse me one second. No, no, no. Sir, thank you so much. All right, listen, people. Please, everybody gather around. Understand something right now. Listen to what I'm telling y'all. We are here to celebrate Jasmine's 18th birthday. Oh, God, no, not the birthday routine. (laughs) To you. (laughs) To you. Oh, I wish I didn't see that. And we're so happy for you to be here. You look like you got some missiles underneath that dress. So for the next five minutes of the sequence, Tyrese holds the room in rapt attention with all these bad jokes that no one's laughing at. But it's supposed to be funny to the poor souls who are actually watching this movie because the film and its filmmakers literally have zero respect for its audience. They can't even hire an actual funny actor Mm -mm. to be part of this crew because it has to all be pop stars and and Tyrese Gibson. No, he's a pop star. In what world? In America, he has a he has a he has a long and storied R and B career. He's an R and B singer. Is he's is that so? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yep, because model, singer, actor, baller, chump. <sighs> so anyway, Dom and his team blow their cover. The guards swarm him, and guess what? Guess fucking what? Guess who's here? Oh God! This was the first time when I was just like, oh no, not Jason Statham. Who shows again. up? Jason fucking Statham at again. the party. Walking in like he's like ready to party. He's got a suit on and a giant fucking gun. Yep. So Dom and Paul decide to just drive the car out. But the thing is, is that there's no elevators for this thing. You, they probably helicoptered that car up into that pounds because the kid's a billionaire and that's what he asked for because he's an asshole. And he decides not to drive it, like find stairs and kind of hope for the best. He's going to drive it through. Yep. And Paul Walker the whole time is just like, cars don't fly. Cars don't fly. Yeah. Uh, no, this car flew. This yeah, car but... fucking flew. Because in life, no matter how much like speed you got, the second you crash out of a building that's a thousand feet in the air, that wind's gonna get you, and also gravity, and your car's just gonna plummet. It's not gonna soar through the air like it has wings, and it's you know a cloud of like a uh, cherub showed up and went. <laughs> and flew you into the next building. No, but it happens anyway. It crashes from one building into the next, which is an empty like construction zone, thankfully. And he crashes into another one, but this time they crash into an art museum. Oh, it's because the brakes don't work. Oh, right. The, the brakes don't the $3 work million in the $3 million dollar car. dollar car. Yeah, that makes total sense. They drive the car through these three buildings in Abu Dhabi. They snag the God's eye, and they get away scot-free. Yeah, they send the $3 million car 
out the window where it crash lands on absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. No one knows how they all regrouped or got out of that building or away from all the security that would be in a building like that. They just do. They flash cut to uh, this dude's garage. Uh, and at which point, Kurt Russell shows up to meet them. They plug in the God's Eye, and they find Jason Statham stashed away in an isolated factory out in the middle of the desert, which totally isn't a trap, by the way. There's no way. No way. So Kurt Russell and maybe seven dudes... I'll and- tell you what. If that's a trap, then that box is a bomb. Yeah, right. So Kurt Russell, seven dudes, and Paul Walker get the drop on Jason Statham alongside Dom. But then Jaiman Hansu shows up with all his dudes... And then a gunfight takes place where we see nobody die, but the people die. Yeah, well, the one the one uh, army guy who had a couple lines. Oh, right. He died. He died. But they, Jaiman Hansu, Jason Statham, get mm-hmm. away with the gods. They have the gods right. eye now. And Kurt Russell gets shot, but I saw him in the trailer for Fate of the Furious, so it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, he gets uh, helicoptered out. Yeah. Dom and uh, Paul Walker and Kurt Russell make it out, and they get away because this movie really needed to be two and a half hours long. So that sequence really did not need to happen in this film whatsoever. No, it was a cheap and lazy way for them to get their hands on the god's eye. Oh, now there's sitting ducks for Act 3. Yes. Which, God. Can you believe this is an actual three-act structure film? Can you believe that? There are three acts to this movie, Bird. Yeah, technically. Technically. So we're walking into the third one now. Kurt Russell gets airlifted, like you said, out of the desert. But before he does, he tells Dom to protect Miss Sandy because Jaiman and Jason Statham are really going to put a stop now. He's really going to do that to you now, Dom. I tell you what. You're not going to believe how hard he's going to actually do what he's been trying to do this whole movie this time. He's really going to murder the shit out of you yeah. and her. So Dom and everybody, with this knowledge, decide to go back to Los Angeles. We gotta, we got to do this on our home turf. Yeah. With all this death nipping at their heels, they don't go to like some secluded area where they used to have their street race like at the, like in the first movie. They don't go to the race wars. Because God forbid we put any sort of narrative parallelism in this or something symbolic like that. The last showdown where it all began or something like that. No. They do it in the middle of downtown Los Angeles where there are all these people. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you're oh, having all of these fair. logical ideas mm-hmm. and you are not on a shit ton of cocaine, which yeah. I presume... That Chris Morgan, the guy who wrote every single one of these movies, has had his hands on, like, one hand on the keyboard and one Mm -hmm. hand just, like, toot, 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 toot. So Paul Walker calls his wife, uh, who tells him that she's pregnant again for no no reason whatsoever. Hey, now that you've been out there risking your life for two hours, Mm -hmm. you know... uh, Let's actually put some stakes in here now. It's not that I'm alive and your son's alive and we're stuck in this place until you take care of this guy. Here's another baby, because that's what this world needs. More people in it. Time to open the freezer Mm -hmm. and get out the stakes. All right. So Dom goes back to his blowed-up house and grabs his really fast car and fashions a sawed-off shotgun for no reason, and Paul Walker grabs his sad FBI flak jacket. Jason Statham brings his entire fucking army into L.A. with the God's Eye, and now here we are, the final action sequence. Finding Dom is now the easiest thing in the whole wide world, so what do they do? Everyone gets in separate cars and circles around downtown so that they can bring them all into this really concentrated area but avoid getting shot at. Well, because they, Ludacris and Missandei need to hack their way back into the god's eye. Yeah. But there are actual car crashes and stuff like that. Like our hero, Paul Walker, uses an actual Mack truck and drives underneath it with Missandei in it and uses the truck and its driver, presumably, as a shield. Dom and Jason Statham have another face-off. 
like based off like the one before only this time don's car hops yeah it has no, hydraulics and it, it so does a like, wheelie boom, and then he jason statham gets out of the car and he's fine anyway it doesn't die it doesn't die the rock sees all this commotion going on and he's like daddy's got to go to work because he remembered the rocks in this movie. Yep. He breaks off the cast that's on his arm. He literally flexes the cast off. Off of his arm. He wishes he could have flexed his way out of this movie. Yeah. And then he puts on all this artillery, which I guess was just at the hospital. Well, yeah. He has to be ready. That's his, like, to-go bag. His overnight bag <laughs> at the hospital. With the minigun in it. Mm-hmm. And so he steals an ambulance. <laughs> Off screen, yeah. we don't see him actually don't do it. don't see him do it, but he does. Um, Dom and Jason Statham fight with long wrenches because a fist fight wouldn't have been extreme enough. The Rock uh, drives the ambulance into a drone that had been chasing Ludacris and Tyrese around. As Therese puts it, a spaceship. Yeah, and instead of breaking his arm again by crashing into that drone, he just breaks the drone. And then he grabs the minigun and sh- uh, that was stashed in his pants the entire time and shoots down a helicopter, but not before a missile is fired from it, which then breaks the parking garage Dom fights Jason Statham on. Mm-hmm. They're on top of the roof and not a street, but that doesn't matter for Dom because now he's got a one-liner to fart out. Thing about street fights, the street always wins. Then he stamps his feet on the crumbling uh, masonry. The, the roof of the parking garage collapses, and Jason Statham falls under the rubble and is KO'd. Not dead. Not dead. Because the only person that really needs to die in this movie is the black guy. Mm-hmm. Jaiman Hanso, who did not need to be in this movie whatsoever, nope. who is an actually gifted actor, yep. was stuck in a helicopter for 15 minutes until The Rock shot him out of the sky with a fucking minigun that he, by no rights, should have actually had. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is as good of a secret agent as he is a professional wrestler. I see. Hey, did you bring the cavalry? Woman, I am the Calvary. Dom gets really fucked up by this crash. This crash. Paul Walker is flipping out and trying to do CPR and reviving him. And Michelle Rodriguez is like, no, 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 no. Don't do any of that practice. CPR, that, what kind of wackadoo uh, mumbo jumbo crap are you doing right now? I know how to revive him through the power of love. So she cries into his face and says, I remember all of it now, conveniently. I remember we were married and we used to have things. And which, how bad is it? gotta be for michelle rodriguez to have to pretend to be in love then fucking diesel in, in her soul in her soul it's probably not bad compared to how good it feels in her bank account mm. so but, everyone's fine la is fucked up an act of terrorism took place but it's fine yep everyone's fine because everyone gets to walk away with no repercussions or consequences whatsoever because that's not how this movie works except for Jason Statham. Right. Jason Statham gets put in jail. The Rock gloats at him and says, good luck climbing out of there, bud. And then we cut the black, and that's where the movie should have ended. It but would have been that's, great. That's not what fate has for us. Fate had to take Paul Walker from us, so the film feels necessary to tack on an additional sequence wherein we have Vin Diesel, Tyrese, Ludacris, and Michelle Rodriguez staring at Jordana Brewster dancing on the beach with Paul Walker's brother with his dead brother's face CGI'd onto his face. And then we have this sad recap of events from all the other really shitty movies that took place. And this is this dude's legacy. Yep. Vin Diesel drives off alongside a CGI Paul Walker. Oh, God, the uncanny valley. So bad. Into the sunset. And that is your movie. What do you think? Hmm. I got a question for you, Jared. I can't wait. Now, you can't cop out. 
All right. You can't just say blow it all up and kiss it goodbye. Well, why not? This movie is nothing but the exemplification of copping out. What would it take to turn this franchise around? You want me to? We've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and that's not doing it. We got Kurt Russell, and that's not doing it. What do you it. mean it's not doing it? This movie's making hand over fist cash. They're making billions of dollars now. They're making money, but they're also just like swallow your soul. So you want me to script doctor the franchise into coherence? Is that what you're saying? What would? How would you do that? Well, I think that the next movie is actually doing what I would probably start with: is making Dom turn heel. Mm-hmm. and have everyone have to turn against him and actually create some bona fide stakes for this franchise because Don's been the hero with quote marks around it for the entire uh, franchise. So killing him off would be a great first step. And then having everyone else in their despondency fuck off with the exception of Michelle Rodriguez who hates him now and hates the Tarnished Legacy and she carries on the franchise on her own and uh, joins up with Kurt Russell and it's just a being awesome together and talking how, about how much they like working with Quentin Tarantino. Also, Quentin Tarantino would make the movie. Could Dwayne Johnson still be in it? No. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Anti-Monitor Podcast. Did you like Furious 7? Let us know. But in the meantime, look us up on iTunes. And look us up on Twitter. I'm at Jared Jones underscore Birdie. Where can they find you? I'm at Bird Money on all platforms. And that's literally all I've got left in my soul. So I'm going to go and take a very long nap and have a good long think on my life. So until next time, I remain Jared. That's Bird. And from all of us here at DoomRocket.com. Nothing sadder than locking a beast in a cage. Yeah.